Uh, good evening, Chair Wiley and the Sustainability Commissioners. Uh, pursuant to Government Code Section 54953E, and in light of the declared state of emergency, the regular meeting of the Sustainability Commission of September 8th, 2022, will be conducted telephonically and recorded through Zoom. Thank you. Welcome, everybody. Uh, Ali, can we proceed with a roll call? Uh, yes. Um, is Commissioner Stevenson here? No. Uh, Commissioner Cooper. Uh, Commissioner Cornelia. No. Commissioner Wiltshire. Here. Uh, Commissioner Jalali. I think he said he's out. Uh, com uh, Commissioner Palmer. Here. here. It looks like David Cooper's here too. Yep. I think you I think you used him on mute, right? Uh, Commissioner Thompson. Oh, I'm sorry, I said I. I didn't know I was on mute. And Chair Wiley. Here, here. Okay, so. We only need four, so we have a quorum. All right. So the first item on the agenda is public comments on items not on the agenda. Um, so Ali, can you proceed with, with checking in? Although I can see from our Zoom call that we do not have any members of the public, so. Should I still go through the motion or should I wait until there's a public person here you might as well just go through the motion, make it official. Okay. Uh, if you want to comment during the public comment portion of the agenda, you can use the raise hand function in Zoom under the reactions button at the bottom of your screen. Or you can press star nine if you're calling in. The public comment is limited to three minutes per speaker. That being said, are there any members of the public who would like to comment? No members of the public. No members here, of the so public. Got it. Next item on the agenda is approval of the meeting minutes from the regular meeting on July 14th, 2022. Do I have a motion and a second to approve? Motion to approve the minutes. I'll make a motion to approve the minutes. Thank you. I'll second. Thank you. Can we get a roll call? Um, let's see. David Cooper. Hi. Um, Kimberly Wiltshire. Aye. Mark Palmer. Aye. Greg Thompson. Aye. And Chair Wiley. Aye. Motion passes. Okay, so um, we'll proceed to the meeting. You'll see that we do not have external speakers tonight. We have a lot on the agenda and business items and we wanna make time for those discussions, but we do not have external speakers tonight. We're gonna to move right into housekeeping updates. Uh, and Melissa is unable to join us tonight as well, or highly unlikely to be able to join us during, due to a conflict. So um, 
for a city council liaison update, we sort of have, I mean, <laughs> there has been a lot uh, happening at city council um, and, and we'll be covering most of that within other update sections. Um, but I think, um, I'm just trying to think, Mark, you were, I think, at the, were you the only one at the meeting? I couldn't attend. And without getting into the details that we're going to talk about later, was there anything else sustainability related you think Melissa might be passing on to us tonight that you can recall? No, I, I think I was the only one of us that, that was there. Um, huh. And the, the grand jury uh, discussion was the only one that I uh, have anything to report about. Okay. And, and we did find out um, just via text, um, a few minutes ago uh, that the extension that we requested for the grand jury, which is really the main update was granted. So mm -hmm. what you'll hear later um, from Mark uh, and Greg and the energy update, I think is, is really just an update of, of what we're, oh, actually no, we'll need to move it to business items. So you'll hear about it later tonight, but that's that was the big update. Um, and then, so moving on to waste, um, this one, I'm, I'm actually gonna um, punt to Ali. I think we have an update on a uh, contractor to help with reporting on SB 1383. Um, and, and I do have some questions um, just about that because we weren't able to connect on waste. Um, so Ali, do you wanna give an update and, and Kim as well on, on where we are with SB 1383 and other waste info? Um, so the city has gone and <clears throat> basically rehired R3 Consulting to help um, uh, the city <clears throat> comply with 1383. Um, and it was kind of rushed because uh, unbeknownst to the city, there was a October 1st deadline um, <clears throat> for our annual submittal um, for basically reporting from January through June. Um, and the city really didn't know what the next steps were. Um, so R3 has come on um, and basically helped. And we've already had two or three meetings with uh, BCRS. Uh, we're, inputting, we're putting data into um, Recyclist. Um, and I think we're on track. Good. And, Kim, can and... say, Kim can say otherwise. <laughs> no. I think, I think she's on track too. Yeah. Well... Well, yeah, I think everybody's back, yes. And, and can, can you update us on if with any, I mean, there's a, there was a big grant for SB 1383. Is it all being used for this? Or do we have, um, do we have anything in budget since we don't have the zero waste funds anymore? Do we have anything budget for education, outreach, and anything that this commission would be looked uh, to, to advise on? Uh, so in the scope for R3, um, we talked about education and outreach, um, but it's not part of their contract. Um, we've talked to BCRS and they said that they would take on um, the outreach um, and education portion. So okay. that money is not being used for them. Okay. So maybe in a, uh, thank you for that update and in advance of the next uh, meeting, we, we can have a waste subcommittee meeting, Kim, where we can all come together and figure out is there, is there some you know, input you need from the commission. 
Sure. Okay. Um, okay, so outreach, uh, and, and by the way, I just wanna draw your attention to the note uh, included in the distribution of the agenda uh, to the commission that we are trying very hard to stick to our plan to be out of here on time. And so no more than 10 minutes per section on updates, please. Our next one is quite a lengthy one. So I'm gonna jump in uh, and share my screen with um, outreach. Um, moment. So for outreach subcommittee, um, just talking through these pieces here. Um, Sausalito Women's Club, uh, we uh, just one simple thing done here that, that was from me to them was info sharing on SunShares. SunShares comes up later in this list on something regarding communication requests. Um, SunShares is, a, is just a, an awareness discount program run by a nonprofit in the city. Uh, just, you know, there's a short period of time where people can get discounted solar and storage. Um, so now more than ever, uh, I think a lot of people are looking at solar and these are discounts. Um, then uh, with Sausalito Beautiful, Nick had volunteered to be a point person for Sausalito Beautiful um, to now that we have outreach members, um, we're hoping to you know really be able to dig in on specific channels. He's taking Sausalito Beautiful, that connection has been made. Um, Marin City, uh, we have a guest updater. Uh, Mark, can you update us on, um, you had some meetings based on this update from last week. How did that go? Uh, yes, uh, Greg and I did uh, meet uh, over uh, the phone with uh, the executive director of the Marin Housing Authority. Um, we uh, discussed their plans to do, uh, in their words, a deep green renovation of Golden Gate Village, which is the 300 units uh, of uh, residential housing in Marin City. It's also a designated historic property, and they are now trying to navigate through the state uh, historic Pres preservation office's requirements for renovating historic properties. And one of the issues that they've they've they're facing is how to integrate the uh, the outdoor unit for heat pumps uh, into the architecture so that it's not really visible from the outside uh, to keep with the historic preservation mm -hmm. guidelines. Um, and we, we talked about some, a couple of alternatives, but uh, mostly I connected them with some consultants that I've worked with in the past on uh, architecture and historic preservation. And uh, I believe that those, those talks are, are, the, are uh, ongoing. I did also forward them a document that was uh, produced by ACEEE, the American Council for Energy Efficient Economy, along with the Urban Sustainable, Sustainability Directors Network, USDN, uh, called uh, uh, Guidance for Improving Rental Housing. So uh, hopefully uh, the resources that we've sent their way uh, will, will be of some benefit uh, to this uh, pretty large scale uh, renovation in Marin City. And hopefully it will be, as they said, uh, deep green. Great. Um, and we talked last time about just, you know, we've got some information now on, you know, event, sustainable event um, producing that we put together. I did share that with them. I did go to the event on Monday over there um, 
uh, saw lots of uh, Bay City's refuse um, bins, so that was good. Um, but also saw a lot of styrofoam cups uh, for for the the on the food service ices and stuff. Um, it was a really hot day, so <laughs> I would prefer people stay hydrated than than yeah. choose the day to <laughs> to take up plastic use, but. Um, I think we can continue to just be a good neighbor and share what work we have and working through Bay Cities on, on that through outreach. Um, Whiskey Springs, um, any updates, Kimberly? Yeah, a couple of things. One is I'm happy to say that we're moving in away from the water intensive landscaping to uh, natives um, or sort of, you know, California, uh, uh, you know, low drought uh, tolerant. Um, so that's really exciting. You know, it's an HOA, it takes a while, but things are in motion. Um, I'm not sure what to do about overall residential water use and leak detection analysis. I've got a call into Marin Water to say, do you guys come out and do this or what? Um, I wanted to ask, I've talked to the HOA president about um, electric vehicle outlets and his take has been, well, it'll be great when they're um, across the street at, the, uh, M at MLK. Um, he said for uh, out that residents can put them in if they want to, obviously that's a very expensive thing uh, to do. But he said the other, the other concern is people coming and using um, the outlet. So maybe we just, you know, let things happen with uh, the outlets over at the MLK uh, site. And do you know what the timing on that is? Mark, Greg, somebody? Um, we'd have to get an update from MC on the timing. I'm not quite sure, yeah. Okay. Good question. Okay. Greg, is that a different project than what I'm working on? Oh, is that maybe you know? Uh, <laughs> do you know what that is? That, no, that's the MLK project. Okay, I I'm not involved with the MLK, so I don't know if there is. A, yeah, yeah. Is sorry. A yes, you're there. right. That's a different project than than lot two. Yes. Okay. So, in other words, the HOA is not going to put in the EV outlets, at least for right now. Okay. All right. Um, next uh, category is events. Um, um, one sec. Can I add just something for you, Kimri? Oh, well, yeah, please. There are many uh, very inexpensive um, water sort of monitors that an HOA can Ooh. purchase. Um, many years ago, I worked on a company that had what was called a barnacle. And it's basically a little digital device that you put on a water meter. And it's a cloud-based system. And there are countless um example of these out there now. So an HOA can take um, control of the visibility of their water use if they so elect. And these are very inexpensive devices. Um, they, um, they, they, they're um, non-invasive. In other words, they're usually some sort of an attachment that has a digital signal, and a little battery, <clears throat> and there's really no excuse. So um, if you'd like, to follow up with them and give them a short list of uh, vendors that make these devices that are, are purely um, data-driven for information. Um, they can monitor 24 seven in very granular detail their water consumption on a per meter basis. So we can 
provide some resources for that if you'd like. Thank, uh, thank you. Would this also reveal leaks? Yes, absolutely. They monitor 24-7. Yeah, they're flow monitors, so they basically um, uh, sit, on, okay. sit inside the meter. Meters have little magnets in them that go around in circles, so they're very easy to pick up the what they call the beat, and the beat then is calibrated around the water flow. And if a, if um, a, if there's a continual flow, it signals a leak. Um, typically, um, oh. when we did this work years ago, we were able to detect when a toilet flushed in the middle of the night. That's how sensitive they are. So in the interest of time, since you both are the water subcommittee, I'd suggest maybe taking this offline. And yep. then if we need to bring it as a business item to yep. you know, talk about, you know, or bring it in outreach, we can do that. But I mean, I think that's exactly what we're here to do yep. is make these connections. Um, so, so, so Kimberly, just reach out to me on that. But um, thank you. That'd be very helpful. And, and then in other, <clears throat> any other condition, we can use the same type of um, resources as well. Mark, did you have a question? Uh, a comment. Uh, I know that um, Rin Water District does offer a rebate for the flume uh, water meter. So it's, it's one that you can attach to your existing in, inlet yeah. water pipe. I don't know if that's the same brand that you're talking about, David, but no, there's, our... there's, there's many, many of these now. So it, it's just a matter of who's got the right system and what the cost is and what it does. So but there are re rebates available. Why don't we talk, you guys talk about that at subcommittee and then make a proposal for info sharing through communication and outreach. So Marie, Kim Marie, since you're on both, why don't you, you know, take those recommendations? What can we share with, what links can we put on the website? What can we share with the community? Cause this is, you know, something that would benefit not just Whiskey Springs, but you know, everyone should know about that especially the residents who can advocate themselves. So I think this is a really great topic that we stumbled on. So we'll pitch that over to you guys to then bring back the communication. I don't think it's anything sort of ordinance related at this point, but communication certainly. Um, next up is just a quick update on events. Um, we, are, we are meeting as a group and sort of continuing the conversations and outreach committee. Um, I, I will comment on, and I could have done this in the waste one, but I, I do wanna go back to the events team at, at Parks and Rec and talk about Jazz and Blues. Um, despite all the amazing work with getting those cups together, my table was next to the booths every single weekend I was there. There was a stash of plastic cups there. And I had several conversations with the various different people, um, had lots of interesting comments. Um, I'd really like to get to Kind of figure out why that happened and make sure next year and at future events we we don't have that happen so i think we have work to work to be done we did a great thing in getting those reusables together but it doesn't really work well when you've got plastic sitting right next to it and and we're trying to enforce a single-use plastic ban but we can't get it done ourselves um sausalito currents uh we have a continued sort of next topic list um, one of the ones that, you know, I, I, I'm curious, Ali, on leaf blowers, now that we're coming up on the first phase of implementation on the leaf blower ban, has the city come up with any implementation, you know, communication, flyers, you know, English, Spanish, people that, you know, can say, you know, here's where you would get a, 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 an electric leaf blower, here's some web links, um, here's what this means, here's who you call if you see, you know, someone using one. 
Has the city gotten to that point at all? Mm, I don't think so. I haven't heard about anything like that. Okay, so we can um, put that on, on a list for thinking through how we might be able to support that perhaps. Sure, yeah. Um, and then sun shares I mentioned earlier, uh, as we've done in previous years, I'd like to put in a request to Abbott to include the announcement that sun shares available for folks that are interested in solar. Um, so unless anyone has any objections, I'll, I'll just make that request again, like we've done in previous years. Um, and um, then the, the other thing that happened, we did have a subcommittee meeting with Kimri and I, and Greg happened to stumble upon it as he came to lunch at the same place. Um, but we had some initial discussions about, we've taken up this whole concept of Sausalito Green Business Certification, which started with Mark's presentation on the Marin Green Business Pro Program, thinking about how to incorporate it to be Sausalito specific. Um, so we're just, we're continuing that and there's been some progress and Kim Marie had some good connections at Heath. So yeah, that's what we've been doing. Um, and could, I, could I ask? Could I ask Lauren? Um, we have a specific invitation from Heath to uh, go. They're in the they're phase two of their green business um, certification. Um, we have an offer. Uh, two things: one, if their director of sustainability, if we'd like to have her um, in at any of our meetings. Uh, and then two, um, to have a tour of their gray water system, their recycling system, uh, et, et cetera. So those are two things that I would throw out there if people are interested. And then just to say that um, Heath has said they are very interested in doing whatever they can to support other Sausalito businesses um, in getting a heck of a lot greener. So does anyone want to go on a tour? Yes, I'd love to. Yes, that's great. Okay. Um, anyone else want to go on a tour? You guys tell me when it is and I'll see if I can go. Yeah, well that that of course will be that of course will be the challenge. Yeah. Um, and then um, do we want to invite their director of sustainability to the November meeting to talk about their green business certification process? I would say let's take that offline to a subcommittee meeting because I think we have some work to do before that. I think we need to, or, or maybe not, but um, I had made a suggestion to the committee earlier today about setting up a meeting in October. So maybe we could decide, make that decision and still be early enough to invite them. I'd just oh, like okay. to talk through. So I'd just like to talk through in subcommittee about what the right next steps are and then we can okay. make an invitation perhaps if it's the right time. I mean, sure, the answer is yes, eventually, but it's just, is it November or is it later? Be my personal opinion. Okay. Um, let's move on to um, anything for equity liaison, David? Sorry, couldn't find my mute button. No. Okay. Not this um, Marin County liaison, Greg. Oh, um, I think the transportation update will provide some key details on that. I don't have anything in general on it yet. Okay. We're still, uh -huh. I mean, we're still waiting for this nonprofits that got set up to actually be meaningful to us. <laughs> okay. 
Sea Level Rise Task Force, sticking with Greg. Um, yeah, you know, it's interesting. Um, the task force is, is, you know, meeting and going through details of how to plan for sea level rise. Essentially, a lot of the jurisdictions in the county are going with three feet above um, FEMA levels. So that's being tossed about and being processed as how do we how do we apply this to you know us here in Sausalito, especially Marinship, um, and how does it become um, part of the process of you know somebody doing something on their property that would be impacted you know by sea level rise? So all in discussion still, no 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 definition yet on it, but it's being worked through. Yeah. Okay. Greg, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Are you interfacing with Janelle at all and her super, super effort around sea level, sort of with governors and all she's doing? I, I am, but it's mostly as part of the task force, not outside of that. But I know okay. I know that she's got that, you know, like you said, super strong initiative going um, with that. Yeah. Okay, just, quite, just wondering, because she's really created quite a... Uh, um, a buzz around that particular topic internationally and using Sausalito as sort of a base case. So I didn't know yeah. her coordinating with her. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, she's bringing that into the task force sort of knowledge, if you will, and interfacing, you know, back and forth. Yeah. She, she's doing that. Yeah. Okay. Um, water conservation subcommittee update. We started talking about water. Um, you guys have any other Update? No, I'm still trying to extract. Oh, I'm sorry, we're on water. Um, I'm still trying to extract uh, from Marin Water who are the big water users in Sausalito. And uh, they have not been forthcoming as yet. Um, no surprise. No <laughs> surprises, right. Um, uh, yeah. And then uh, just this really fun work that I'm doing with um, Steve Moore, the former board guy at State Water Board who lives here in Sausalito about looking at emergency and landscaping water sources of which we actually have quite a few in Sausalito. And once we have that uh, more put together um, with the help of our librarian Abbott, um, I will be bringing that to the committee. Hey, excellent, okay. Um... Next up is energy. Are we punting uh, updates into business items? Do you have any sort of unrelated to the business item separate update for energy? I think we'll just go to the business item. Okay. Uh, transportation subcommittee. Greg, David? Yes. Um, if you don't mind, I'll share my screen, provide that update. If I can click the right buttons. <laughs> All right. Um, here we go. Okay. Uh, right, so I'll jump through the first slides here because we don't need to cover all this. It's just the background and then the, the general plan requirements that we have for transportation focused on EVs and EV charging. And um, our, our next steps. All right, so I'm gonna get to the, the gist of it here. So we were, um, here's what we've done. 
I got to move my video out of the way. Here we go. Um, so we, oops, we had recommended, we had sent basically a, a formal recommendation to the council in March of 2020, proposing two level two chargers at each of these recommended locations over here. So Dumpy Park, Caledonia, the city hall, um, MLK Park, Ferry Landing, uh, lot one, lot two, and the old fire station, and including <clears throat> four level three chargers at the most um, public locations of those. And yeah, I'll keep doing that. Um, and per MCE, as a deep green customer, Sausalito, our municipal facilities are eligible for $7,000 per charging station plus an additional $6,000 from TAM. So there's money available for the chargers. We've recommended these locations, but as we all know, we were waiting for this countywide EV readiness plan um, to use as the, the more authority for the city to determine where to put the public chargers and how many and what level. Um, unfortunately, that plan has come out and it doesn't actually recommend specific locations. And that's been an issue across the county. A lot of people are saying, okay, we were hoping for a lot more <laughs> from this plan and it's not providing it. So now we've, we're going to plan B essentially, and we're gonna work, we are working directly with MCE and TAM to come back with a formal charger recommendation that we can deliver to the city council. So, um, and Ali, you're gonna be involved in this. Just, I want you to know that, you know, Sebastian at MCE and I have been talking and we're agreeing that we're gonna together with TAM figure this out so that we can have a, an authority of, you know, how many chargers and what level for the city council to nod heads and then we can execute. So just so you know, we're going to set up a, a meeting on that. Um, yeah, we, we should talk because I was going to present, uh, you know, at least tentatively on the September 20th meeting, um, the three locations. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's not all. That's not all of these, but it's some of them. Yeah, exactly. So we'll okay. So you and I should should sync up on that, and we'll do that as part of this collaboration with MCE and TAM. Okay. And we'll make sure that we collectively have the right plan in place, um, and that's how we're going to proceed with the chargers, um, in addition to what Ali's already put together, basically. Um, Craig, and, and just a quick question: What, why on earth did the county plan not include specific locations? Very good question. I don't have an answer, and and they've been asked that. And for some, and and by the way, it was months later than when they said it was going to come out. So something yeah. slowed it way down and kept it from being specific. And I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I don't have the answer. Um. Greg, uh, just curious if this has come up, you know, we've had some big news since our last meeting. We've had the infrastructure, the federal infrastructure bill. We've had, you know, the big announcements from the state. Is, is, is that money that's gonna unlock, gonna filter down through the county? Is that being discussed? That will be, when we talk to MC and Tam, that's going to be part of the discussion is, you know, making sure we're leveraging all the funds available for these chargers, exactly. And we did, you know, we're not going to be the ones leveraging it. It's going to be someone like MCE or whatever bringing that down to us. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Um, just a note, Greg. Yeah. 
tomorrow, uh, a company that I'm involved with um, is launching a municipal um, drop sort of plug and play EV charging system. And the, the, the model is a microgrid. It does not require an interconnect. They're basically a, a, a box with batteries, charging heads, and a solar system that ultimately um, does what it needs to do. And the whole idea is that municipalities um, can be very rapid um, deploy of these particular charging systems. They're very affordable. And of course, under the new sort of initiatives with the administration that are trickling down, um, there are many programs for incentives. So, um, you know, as you think about these particular solution sets and sort of location, um, what's nice about these systems, and they're having a launch tomorrow in Texas for municipalities to participate. Um, but what's interesting about to me is that there are many solution sets now that don't require the infrastructure um, sort of um, challenges of going in the ground, interconnects, and so forth. So this may be a you know as this as this industry. It, it, it sort of evolves and solution sets are so programmatic around um, deploy and, and, uh, and the efficiency with which to deploy these technologies. Um, this might be something to think about, not only from a Sausalito perspective, but from a Marin perspective in terms of how to rapidly um, uh, sort of establish a footprint for these particular types of needs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's, a, it's fun to see the solar and storage and charging systems being designed and brought to the market because they can go all in all kinds of places without depending on interconnection and grid issues yeah it's great yeah and, and these are plug and play so they're literally a drop and okay what's it's, curious about them is they're very affordable it's more of a so. note for ali because because this time has this has taken so long from when we first talked right that alone yeah, is trying to spell this innovation but it means, you know, obviously we keep, we have to go through a very strict RFP process. So it means for all we, you know, okay, wait a minute. I thought, you know, thought maybe we were going down this direction because that was available last year when we did a one RFP. Do we need to go back out to RFP because there's something much more feasible, yeah. efficient, cost efficient? So, I mean, I think, you know, just the, the sounds like you, Ali, and the transportation subcommittee are, are clearly, you know, having some meetings between now and September 20th to really dig into these would be. Yeah, and that's a challenge. I mean, the, the innovation around these particular solution sets is so rapid. Yeah. That, you know, what we discussed last year didn't, did not exist today. Yeah. Um, this is a product that is coming out um, that is a, a defined product to solve around this particular issue. So this is a company that is working with municipalities to try and solve this, this um, extremely costly, go in the ground, do interconnects, do pipe, you know, blah, blah, blah. They're like, there's no need for that. So they created a product that is essentially shows up on a truck. They put it in, a, in, in place and within a few minutes, you're charging vehicles. So. I'll make the same suggestion that you guys take this offline into transportation yeah. subcommittee. If you want to bring them forward as a speaker, I mean, David, if you're involved with them, you probably have to recruit yourself from the conversation. Yeah, but, no, I'll take myself the, out of it. The um, the 
you know, I think bringing that offline, figuring out, okay, what, how can, does the Sustainability Commission need to be um, hearing things and in, infusing our yeah. opinion? Or, or is, it, is it more straight information for you, Ali, and, and yeah. how? Let's do that because this isn't the only company that's doing this. There are many that have, have really um, created solution sets for this particular problem set. And yeah. so I think just having awareness around, okay, well, there were decisions made around one particular type of technology that was available a year ago, and that's completely changed in today's market. And that's not just for Texas. Yeah. Well, that's not just for Texas. They're coming to California too. Yeah, they're just doing their public you know, launch okay. in Texas because they're, they're very, they have a big footprint in Texas. Um, Ali, I apologize. I'm going to put this in our in our status here. Will you remind me of the other two locations? Um, so the three locations are City Hall, Dunphy Park, and Parking Lot 2. Right. Okay. So City Hall and Dunphy Park in addition to Parking Lot 2. Thank you. And we've talked before about, you know, you know, footprint, right? That's all pretty concentrated in the center of town. You know, our right. secondary options, you know, further out, do we span a footprint where, where, you know, we have for everyone as we grow, as we enable. So the more money, the more ease of implementation, the more if we have a long list of, of recommendations, we can carefully plot out and recommend that footprint. But anyway. Yes, good juicy stuff coming up with Transportation Subcommittee. Thank you very much. Um, yep. So now is the point um, where we ask the public for any questions they might have had on any of the subcommittee or that, sorry, the housekeeping and committee updates. So Ali, can you please um, ask for public comment? Is there any public comments for any of the housekeeping and committee updates? I see none. Okay. Um, all right. So we're going to move into business items. And I see uh, Amy has joined us. Amy, um, if, if you remember, we, well, Amy was at sea uh, for our last meeting, but is the person who had originally contacted the commission to request us to consider banning styrofoam dock foam. And so We've asked, if you recall, in our last meeting, we were all very enthusiastic about the presentation we saw. Um, we kind of started to get into a discussion and we had to say, whoa, 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 this is a speaker slot. We can't get into the meat of it, but there was clearly um, enough interest to, to, to get it back on the agenda now and, and move and be able to ask any questions about what we heard before. Uh, and decide, do we want to move to the next step, which would be to formally request a spot on the agenda through city council uh, to propose an ordinance to ban this, to prompt a staff report from Ali. So, you know, this is our time here to, to discuss that. Um, and really, you know, I, I've invited Amy not to, you know, put her through representing, but I certainly want to invite you, Amy, to introduce yourself and say anything you'd like um, about what we're considering here before we jump into some questions. Welcome. Hi, thanks. 
Um, it's really nice to be here. Are you able to hear me okay? Your your video is breaking up, but your audio is okay. So you might want to you okay, might want to maybe go I'll just turn video. that off. Yeah, yeah. Is that any better? I think. Yeah. Great. Um, yeah, well, it's really nice to be here. Um, my name's Amy, and I'm the sustainability coordinator at Call of the Sea, which is a nonprofit that does educational sailing out of Sausalito. And it was pretty shocking for us when we've been collecting microplastics from the bay with this manta trawl that we deploy, um, the amount of blue dock styrofoam that we've been seeing. And it really prompted, you know, trying to figure out what action we could take as an organization to change what the dockside um, looks like. So we've been really excited about looking into banning the foam and maybe creating some way that it to make it easier for people to make docks out of non-unencapsulated styrofoam. Um, but we're really excited to talk to you guys about it. So great. Thank you. Um, I have a couple questions I'll start off with. Um, one is uh, what I want to make sure in case, you know, Greg and Kim, you have to leave. Um, if we were to, let's fast forward, let's say this, we were able to implement an ordinance, um, the, all of this, the foam that is ultimately going to be dumped, um, and I'm assuming landfill because it's styrofoam, is there support from you all that we could foresee with sort of a campaign, you know, and, and offering a place for folks to, to easily dispose of something? Is there, would there be part of the implementation plan involving you that, that you could have? Is that something? Do you mean if? Yeah, I, if, I, I, well, you're talking, you're uh, asking I'm a base cities questions. Sorry. Yeah, sorry, Amy. I'm, oh, I'm sorry. To, to Greg and Kim Christie are with Great. us, and they uh, um, are with Bay City's Refuse Services. So they are our go-to's on everything waste. So I'm imagining, you know, if we were to move, uh, I'm foreseeing questions about, well, where do I put this stuff, and wanting to prevent people from tossing it on the ground or in random bins. Um, Greg, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I don't see a problem with it. I mean, we already have. You know, call the seas right down there at the um, you know, by the Army Corps property and everything. We could we could work out a we could work out a place where we could we could put a box or you know you know any 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 way to help you know. Okay. But I don't I don't see a problem with it, especially with the location or or going to um, facilities where there's a lot of docks. You know, mm -hmm. there's usually you know cooperation from the harbors and stuff. So okay. I don't see a problem. Okay, great. Um, and, and then uh, back to you, Amy, I just, in case Greg and Kim needed to leave, I wanted to get that question to them first. But back to you, Amy, um, what do you, in terms of, we talked about alternatives and there were cost-effective alternatives presented. Uh, we didn't really get into details about the exact cost difference. Do you foresee any pushback? Is there is there anything here that is, you know, we think it's cost effective, but really it's it's going to be a problem for some people. Any red flags on the cost of replacing? Um, well, it shows that a lot of the replacements tend to be more expensive. So the original cost of buying it is between 10 and 30% more expensive. Um, 
but whereas unencapsulated foam degrades very quickly, this would last a lot longer. So it's either hard um, plastic things that you put together, or you can have steel pontoons, but um, ideally there would be some way to help the people creating the docks um, subsidize that change or that um, building material, if that's a possibility, because it would be more expensive. Okay. Is there, is that something that Call of the Sea does generating, you know, fundraisers and things like that, that you could see steering and, you know, because the city, you know, in terms of budget right now, is not the best time to be going out for asking for additional budget. Um, so are there things that you could imagine where, you know, a fund through the nonprofit um, raising, raising money and then being able to, you know, have an application process? Is that something you think the nonprofit could take on or, or, or no? I would doubt it, but there's a possibility. I could talk to some folks. Okay. Those are, those are my um, main question, uh, questions. Assuming quality of replacements is, is better than styrofoam, of course. Um, my main question was about cost. I'll turn it over to other folks to ask questions or share ideas, particularly on the subsidy part. Uh, regarding costs, um, it, it occurred to me that uh, perhaps a, a life cycle cost calculation could be done based on the fact that the more expensive, um, more permanent uh, features uh, would have a longer life. And to calculate that out over the lifetime of uh, replacing styrofoam docks on a, a more frequent basis uh, to show that there's a, you know, a, a, a financial advantage to using non-styrofoam. And also, I, I was wondering if I could get Amy's last name for the minute. Yeah, it's Green, G-R-E-E-N. Very good. Any other questions about, about feasibility, about implementation, communication, pushback? Uh, did, did you ever hear back from BCDC? Yeah, I reached out to them and uh, they actually sent me in the direction of the water board. So I've I have a, someone that I can contact at BCDC, but they said that they didn't have anyone working on it currently, but, and the water board got back to me and said they also don't have anyone working on it. So um, there's not a lot of action happening right now around here. And there are how many jurisdictions in Marin where this is effective? I mean, several, right? Tiburon, Belvedere, Sausalito, San Rafael. I mean, this, there's a, a significant portion, Cordovadera. The county. Of, and the county un, unincorporated, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, as with everything we like to do, you know, letting the county take the lead on this is, going to ultimately have bigger impact yet at the same time being you know that this generated out of someone from our community taking the lead on this particular one also makes sense because you know it's generating from an experiment here in Sausalito and it and um I guess the question is 
do we have enough information now um, to, to go and request it, it be brought to city council. At the very least, what we could do is request that it be brought into a presentation, um, coordinate with you, Ali, on, on you know, certain points to be including in that presentation and go and ask for, you know, and, and Amy, you know, could to come in and present like they did last time. And we could have, you know, already thought through some of the questions we're having today and really go with the objective of, to council to say, do we have the okay to move ahead with a staff report and an ordinance or what else would you need us to do? I mean, that's the very least I think we should do. That's, there's no harm in pushing to get this presentation out there to council and to the broader community. Okay, any questions, any more questions? Concerns? Amy, has anyone, when, if you floated this idea, any people down there on, on, you know, in the community said, that's ridiculous. Do you, anyone sort of ever push back on you just to know like what, what, what to anticipate? Is this a big contentious issue in the boating community of which I am not a member, so I wouldn't know? Or is this pretty benign? Um, I think from my experience, the community and the boating community is more just concerned about the water quality and especially the fishing community wants, you know, the water to be healthy. And I think people want to know what they can do to help mostly. So, okay. well, then um, I would move to, oh, yes, Mark. Uh, one other issue just came to mind that, you know, like in construction or uh, buildings, you know, there's new construction, there's existing buildings. Uh, would a potential uh, ordinance reply only to new docks being constructed, or would it require the removal and replacement of existing docks over a certain time period? I mean, my personal opinion is that this would be a really interesting thing, I guess, for whoever grants slips at, sorry, my terminology is going to go off the rails here. I don't know. What I'm talking about. But uh, whoever grants is at yacht clubs or whoever says, sure, you can dock your boat here. You know, they start building in requirements, but you can't use this is that that would be seem very fair for anyone new coming in. And then it certainly seems like a phase out. We want to fix this problem. We want, don't want to just sit it, let it lie. So I think it does need to be both would be my recommendation um, that there's a phase out and, 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 but I think we do really have an issue with the cost thing. And, you know, it's just one more thing we're asking people to do. Um, and we have to be, be mindful of that. Um, and so I think offering places, you know, an easy way to dispose of it when you're ready to um, you know, and uh, so you don't have to worry about throwing a bunch of styrofoam in your truck and taking it to the landfill, you know, hey, there's a special place you can go, or you can apply for a subsidy, much like we're going to, you know, through this, through this state, we have the ability for our landscapers to be applying for a subsidy to move out of leaf blowing. Um, the problem here is that there's, there's not anything from the state in this case. So that's why I asked the question about, you know, does the Call of the Sea have fundraisers? You know, are we looking, is there, is there an opportunity for, 
to get another community within Sausalito who tends to fundraise? You know, is there a boating community, you know, society, nonprofit, yacht clubs? I'm, what about the yacht clubs? Can they, what about holding a fundraiser to do it? Um, and then with that money, it sort of turns over to, um, to them, the people who grant these licenses. Again, I don't know how this <laughs> voting community works. I've just made up an entire, you know, way that it functions down on the water. Um, but um, does this, does any of this, what, Amy, when you hear me brainstorming stuff, does any of this resonate as a actual idea or is it just doesn't make sense because that's not how things work. No, I think that um, some kind of fundraising at a yacht club might actually be a good idea because they tend to have more money than nonprofits. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I think okay. it's yeah. So I would move to request Mark. Yes, question. Oh, I I, I do have a question, Amy. Uh, how do you have an idea how long a typical uh, polystyrene deck dock lasts? How often I don't, does it need to be replaced? I don't know off the top of my head, actually. That might be something that I could look into um, and report back on. I, my thought coming into this was that it would, this kind of change would just be for future docks, responding to your question before, um, just because I think sometimes people are less open to changing what they already have invested in. Um, but I think they degrade in quality so quickly, like within three to five years that um, I'm not sure how often they actually have to be replaced, but to be as good of quality, they may need to be replaced every three to five years. Well, I think that's completely achievable then. If this is just about, you know, new docks and then the the clubs need to make that requirement um i would say and from a subsidy standpoint the majority of people who have the ability to have a boat and apply for a dock the majority in Sausalito we have a wide wide ranging um socioeconomic swing on the water but the majority um are going to be coming in new with a boat and most likely could afford option b um, for those that are already there and housed on the water or, or, and we're not asking them to, to do anything except, you know, prepare for that when they have to swatch, swap out. So I think that actually sort of, I'm not, I'm not sure I even see the need for a subsidy path. That's the case. But I, I mean, I would move to bring this to council as a discussion. And, and to maybe um, meet offline through, we could put it through outreach subcommittee because I would like Nick's um, input on it because we know that he actually is, is part of that community and he's the commissioner and could offer, I think, some good input. We can put that through outreach and maybe team with you, Amy, and you, Ali, to, to think about what what that presentation could look like. But um, in that presentation, that's when we can say, do we have your agreement to move to a formal staff report, right? Ali, you don't need the staff report before the presentation. No, and I think this is this is sounding uh, similar to how um, you guys did the leaf blowers. 
uh, I think it, it derived from the Sustainability Commission, and then it was, and I wasn't here for it, but I think it was presented to is it DPW or or CDD, and they took it to council. I think it, it's going to be that type of method to get to city council again. It's yeah, except this one isn't something that would well, yeah, okay. So we'll we'll just continue to take it offline and follow this, and whether it it gets on the agenda you know, um, you know, in the, in the upcoming quarter, um, in quarter four, or whether, you know, the, there's a lot of competing agenda items. Amy, I think it's, you know, I would just, let's just move here and make a vote because this is a business item to make sure that we surface any challenge to this. Otherwise I move that we proceed down the path of bringing the uh, potential, a potential ordinance to ban styrofoam, dock foam, bring it to the council as a business item for discussion there um, as a next step. I'll second that motion. Okay. Thank you, Mark. Ali, can you please take a vote? Uh, Commissioner Wiltshire. Kimri had to step Kimri. away at some point during, oh. so she, I think she had to step away. Uh, Commissioner Cooper, are you muted? Sorry, yes, I. Okay. Um, Commissioner Thompson. Aye. Commissioner Palmer. Aye. And Chair Wiley. Aye. So the motion passes. Awesome. Amy will be in touch and, um, We'll keep the conversation going. Great, thank you guys so much. Okay, take care. Okay, um, moving on to our next uh, final business item, but it is a meaty one and we are about a half hour ahead of schedule. So there should be no reason why we can't have a really great lengthy and much needed discussion to talk about all the great work that, that Mark in particular has been doing on this topic with, with support from Greg, the energy subcommittee on the building code update and an update on the grand jury report. So these are sort of two separate things, but very related. And, and I will let Mark explain all of that to you as, as we head into the next hour. Uh, thank you, Lauren. Uh, I'll start with the grand jury report. Uh, at last week's city council meeting, uh, there was a staff report that uh, I believe Kenneth Henry, our building inspector, uh, was the author of, and his report was not supportive of the uh, recommendations made by the grand jury, uh, very much in line with the uh, several other jurisdictions that had kind of banded together under the aegis of the Marin County Code Advisory Board. Uh, uh, that I could get into that a little bit more, but I'm not going to right now. Um, I submitted um, a separate response, a draft response on behalf of the commission, uh, which was uh, again, quite different from what the staff uh, report indicated. Uh, Melissa successfully had it removed from the consent calendar and the city council decided not to make it a business item 
but directed um, staff to seek an extension from the uh, grand jury for their response. And as Lauren noted earlier in the meeting, uh, that extension was granted. Uh, Lauren, do you know uh, any kind of time frame on that? Would we have another week or two weeks or? It was a very short text. <laughs> okay. Ali, Ali, would you know? No, to be found out later. <laughs> okay. Uh, so uh, Melissa uh, was authorized uh, in light of the fact that we might not get an extension to kind of make a determination. But since we did get an extension, I expect there'll be some back and forth with uh, the building division uh, to, to co hopefully come to some type of a reconciliation. Um, I don't, there doesn't seem to be a lot of middle ground. So I think it's gonna be choose one or the other uh, in a way. Um, and you know, I'm certainly gonna make myself available for any uh, possible discussions with uh, Melissa and, and the building department to uh, come up with what our actual response will be. Um, before I move along to the uh, actual code stuff, uh, did anybody have any other questions about the grand jury response? Well, I, I was just gonna raise that because this all came up between meetings, and you've got all this great work, including the, the what was attached in the sort of side-by-side -side comparison in our recommendation. It might be wise to just take a look and go quickly through the points and so that we can say to Melissa, this now the whole committee has looked at the side-by-side -side comparison, the recommendations, and we all agree. And that would give her um, a little bit more info because we just didn't have the opportunity to do that last time. Sure, okay, thank, thank you. Yeah, let me share my screen then. Uh, let's So can you see this? No. Well, what am I doing wrong? There we go. There it is. Okay, so this is my version of the response to the grand jury report. And in summary, I've uh, noted that recommendation one and two have not been implemented and may be implemented in the future. That's not a very binding statement, but uh, goes along with what the county's response is and uh, several other jurisdictions that have uh, had a more, more positive response uh, and, and basically agreeing with all three of the recommendations. Um, I won't go into the findings in detail, but I would like to jump to the recommendations. Uh, Mark, can uh, we can we see the side by side, the chart that? Yeah, yeah. Let me let me bring that up. I, Hold I on. think that that's going to be easier to yep. take one through. Okay. Okay. Um, so let's see. I don't know if you can read this, uh, but. The gray column 
uh, to the left is the response uh, based on the staff report. The green columns are the Sustainability Commission's uh, response um, to recommendations one, two, and three. Uh, basically, this city staff report said for all three that it requires further analysis, including a lot of more public outreach, uh, et cetera. Uh, basically, they said the same thing, and it was, it was uh, and I'm summarizing here, but they basically uh, were not agreeing with the, the grand jury recommendation and saying that it needs further analysis. Um, in contrast, I suggested that the city should agree with all three recommendations uh, and saying that they've not been implemented yet, but maybe in the future. Um, recommendation one again is for new construction, electrification. Uh, recommendation two is for existing buildings that are going through a significant renovation to uh, achieve a, a target energy score uh, gained by uh, uh, implementing energy efficiency measures, uh, some of which may be electrification, but not necessarily uh, requiring that. And then um, uh, recommendation three is to get on board with a countywide building electrification plan that would set a goal for complete electrification of all buildings in Marin County uh, over time. Uh, but that's just basically a planning exercise at this point without any uh, real uh, requirements uh, by anybody except for to do the planning. In the uh, next column over to the right, I indicated all the Sa uh, Sausalito general plan references uh, uh, that have to do with electrification and energy efficiency. And I also noted the uh, uh, other references, the, the climate emergency resolution, our low, low emissions action plan, and the, the Sausalito climate action plan. Um, And then the last column uh, has a, a little bit of more narrative about the actual uh, sustainability commission uh, recommendations uh, that the, the commission has gone on record supporting building electrification since May of 2021. Uh, electrification is a necessary step in meeting our greenhouse gas reduction target. Uh, city staff have participated in the uh, technical working group which uh, was designed to collaborate and advise and create a countywide building electrification reach code for adoption this fall. Uh, as a result, the, the county has published the uh, Marin County's 2022 proposed model reach code with provisions that are very much in alignment with the grand jury recommendations. Uh, one of the county's goals is to support uniform consistent requirements across the county uh, to, so that architects, contractors, and suppliers uh, will not be faced with a patchwork of building codes. Uh, uniformity and consistency being the, the key words there. And that uh, finally, the, the commission recommends that the city agrees with the grand jury rec recommendations as noted in this summary. Uh, so that is kind of in a nutshell, uh, comparing the, the two. And this, this was sent by Ali to the uh, uh, commission uh, earlier today, so you each should have this available uh, to look at on your own. I did, I have to apologize because I found a, uh, an error that I'd made on recommendation two 
and it's this uh, 750 square feet uh, or more, which would constitute a, uh, a significant uh, renovation. Uh, that's the threshold. Uh, I originally had uh, published a 75% renovation, but I got it confused with the fact that the county is suggesting that if you're re renovating 75% of a uh, structure, that, that would that would have to go through full electrification. Uh, the renovation is based on uh, um, um, a minimum of 750 square feet or more, uh, to which would be required to go through this uh, target energy score for energy efficiency measures. Um, and just as a way, of, uh, as a note, uh, 750 square feet doesn't sound like much compared to some of our large homes in, in Sausalito, but at $1,000 a square foot for construction costs, a 750 square foot um, renovation would be a three quarters of a million dollar uh, renovation. So uh, at, that, at that level, uh, you know, that's a significant amount of money to be spending to, to, to include, which should include um, these energy efficiency measures uh, which, which again may include some uh, amount of electrification. So again, I apologize for the uh, uh, confusion between 75% and 750 square feet, uh, but I have made the change in this document as well as uh, the actual uh, recommendations that, that were made. And I uh, will forward those on to Melissa as well. Um, any questions on this? Yeah. I have a question. I mean, in my opinion, that's pretty significant, a change. And it, it is not surprising, therefore, why the city would be scared about that because of the size of a lot of our homes, a 700 square foot um, project is, you know, one room you know, perhaps it's not the 75, you know, percent. We were thinking that from a bandwidth perspective, you know, Kenneth and his team having to run through, you know, and score out uh, these and have those, those conversations and that it was, it was actually not going to be very frequent at all. Um, but just, you know, looking around here at the amount of construction and, and remodeling that goes on, I think that th that might create a lot of, of work. So, I mean, I, I kind of prefer the 75% uh, because it was a way to introduce people to this concept and to get Kenneth's team up to speed on how to do, like what does, to, to learn about what does all this mean and go through the checklist. But again, that's just that's initial knee-jerk reaction to the change. I don't know if other folks. Well, uh, to to give you feedback on that, you know, uh, what I've done is basically try to mirror the county's model code, and in the model code, it says that individual jurisdictions have the ability to create their own levels of thresholds and standards. So. Uh, that uh, you know, I, I'm submitting basically what the county has in their model, and if the city desires to 
uh, have a, a higher or a lower threshold, uh, that's certainly up to them. But um, you know, I, my my goal is to to have as uniform and consistent uh, requirements across all jurisdictions. And so the, the starting place is, is what the county's proposed. Would Mark, would it be something that's, would it be reasonable to suggest that because what we're doing is simply a grand jury response, this is not legally binding, we're not making a commitment, we're simply responding. And then going forward, we will need to move to all through all the steps of the process, would it be fair to revise that and say, you know, um, you know, uh, something, some language that doesn't put 750 square feet in their light as if we've said, decided already, um, but that we still are, that that is up for conversation. Um, I worry about 750 square feet going in there and six months down the line, no one's remembering this conversation. And suddenly, you know, we're just, we're, we're forgetting that that's a, a, a pretty important thing to debate. I don't know if that's reasonable or not to suggest. I would like other people's opinions. Well, we could leave it more open-ended and, and let the city decide what their, what their proposed threshold should be. Uh, is that what you're suggesting? Well, I'm suggesting we want success here with with the full plan that the 750 could cause concern. And what's going to give us a path to success here is is I think this would be maybe one of the places where we can say, look, we're not going to push on that 750 out of the commission right now. We agree. We, we need to have conversation. We need to look at what that would do to your resources. We need to Whereas before we were pretty confident that 75% was not gonna be a big load. And that at least it's acknowledging, you know, we hear you and there's there's real, let, let's talk about, about how that might be. Let's not, maybe it is gonna be 750, but, but just not putting it in that specific to make it look like we're proposing something that is 750 and that anything other than that is gonna be, you know, a real, um, loss. I think, I think it just feels debatable right now, but am I, I, I'm just one voice here. Am I the, does anyone have a differing opinion and feel like this is completely where we need to be? Well, if I could add, um, some jurisdictions in the county will likely adopt through code uh, recommendation number one for new construction, but not adopt recommendation number two at all so you know th these these are recommendations and it's up to the city to determine what what how it wants to move forward i mean this is essentially formalizing a checklist of things that people should be considering when they're doing a big renovation. And, and it's a lot about education and the fact that a lot of the builders out there aren't giving that option to folks and they don't necessarily know about it. This, this sort of forces that conversation and says, hey, instead of this one, you should get that one. Or hey, just insulate your attic and you're gonna get there. So it's, it's a conversation. It is a bit of a handholding exercise by the planning department. So, I mean, I think it's a good thing. I just think that with as many permits and you know processes and draw walkthroughs they're doing and 
I, I, I empathize and, and I think it needs to be thought out more, but. Yeah, you're bringing up um, the option of an ordinance that requires things like based on this recommendation to, as well as the communication, the education <laughs> that the city could provide and should provide if somebody's doing any remodel, there's the requirements of what they have to do and then there's the education of what they should do. And that latter part is something that is so needed um, and should be used you know, by the city when somebody's coming to, to get a permit to do anything. That's something, that's a whole category in and of itself. And, and, and having done stuff at our place, it's like, it's hard to find a vendor who knows what the most efficient, cost-effective and sustainable solution is because it's a lot of it's new, like a heat pump for mm -hmm. heating. So I'm, I'm not getting anywhere with this, just saying somehow if it's practical for the city to you know, say, yes, any new construction is going to be no gas. And we got what, 700 some new dwellings that have to be done here because of the state mandate on that. So we do have new construction that's going to happen here to the tune of 700, you know, locations. And those should absolutely be all electric, period. Like we got to figure out how to make sure that that's the case there. And then anybody doing renovations of existing locations, they should be educated. They should be informed about what they should be doing, whether or not there's a requirement there as well. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, and it ties into the resource issue, right? And are we getting a sustainability person? Yeah, exactly. And, um, <laughs> if we're getting a sustainability person that is shared with another city. Well, we should probably, you know, let those resources can be shared in multiple cities. Um, there's, there's, you know, you could, I'm sure there's any number of nonprofits out there or community advocacy groups that, that could train up people to be able to walk people through it. I mean, there's so many innovative ideas provided their resources at the city that, that are going to look at that. Um, and I get it why, you know, the planning department is, is just got it. They're just focused on trying to get the permits in and out the door quickly. And this, this, feels, again, it's just that what's triggering my thought process is simply that change and, and um, knowing how relatively small a space that is, because, um, you know, I used to feel like I used to, that used to be this, I think was my studio apartment in New York. So, I mean, it was a pretty small space and yeah. Mark, yeah. you've done an enormous amount of work What's going to be the most helpful to you tonight? Well, I, I had in mind uh, the commission recommending to go forward with these uh, uh, the recommendations as written. Um, but, you know, it's up to the commission how, how we want to handle this. Um, you know, I... Unfortunately, we're, you know, we're not the decision-making body. You know, we, could, we can make recommendations, but it's really uh, city council and, and uh, the 
community development department and the building division that has to make a determination. Uh, you know, we're, we're an advisory body. Um, and, you know, I think we should be advising uh, at, at the highest level, uh, you know, not making unreasonable demands on, on, on anyone. Uh, but, you know, this, uh, one of, one of the uh, things that is in our favor is uh, if you look around the rest of the state, the, the, this target energy score uh, is based on climate zone. And we're in one of the mildest, we're in climate zone three, one of the mildest mm -hmm. climate zones in the state. And almost everybody else in the state uh, uh, that's working on this, this target energy score would have a, a higher bar to, 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 to attain uh, because they're in a more severe climate. Uh, it would be fair to, to get the number of points required uh, in, in Sausalito uh, through attic insulation, um, you know, perhaps window replacements, lighting upgrades, uh, water efficiency work, um, not necessarily having to do any electrification at all, uh, all of which makes sense from a, a sustainability and, a, and an energy cost standpoint. Mark, might I suggest we just simply amend the first sentence on that section to say, because I think we all agree that this is a good idea, but maybe we can say that something like, you know, we, we intend to align with this for residential model projects, um, you know, after further analysis of, of the appropriate um, square footage or percentage of home remodel um, to specify, uh, based on available resources to to implement, and and it shows that we the conversation is not over. We really advise that we do this, so it's a little bit more thought out response than a more specific response than than sort of the generic one to the left. Um, yeah, I think we could, we could we could do that, and, and when you talk about resources available are you talking about the, the building department's resources i'm talking well, about you know what does this process look like what if it, is it the building department is it the sustainability person who may or may not be joining <laughs> and and is it you know because if they have a sustainability person who could develop the materials necessary for the planner to you know clip into the permit and say like you're going to need to do this and we'll come back and check in like that may be something that's very feasible. Um, but I think we also, 750 feet, I mean, I joke about, I think, I don't even remember if, if that's the space I'm thinking of, but I don't even know what that means. I, I, I don't know if that's the size of, you know, a room I'm sitting in or more. I could have to, I don't know what's reasonable or not. And I can imagine from the community perspective if remodeling a kitchen, which happens every day around here, is going to be that we we just we might have a we might be biting off more than we should chew right now when we have such a win up there up top already with the new construction. Well, in terms of sizes, uh, to visualize, uh, you know, a thirty foot by thirty foot would be nine hundred square feet. So. 
Well, it also, it's also the size of my apartment, 750 um, square feet. So it, it's, it happens a lot in Sausalito. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you just wanted to have a, a little bit of a remodel, not even a big extensive one that costs millions of dollars um, with, you know, the anything you wanted to do to give it a little facelift, that would be that would be there and then suddenly we're we're looking at stuff that you you didn't anticipate and i just think it requires further discussion would be my opinion i was for the 75 percent. i'm not sure i'm for the 750 square foot i'm sorry that was a mistake on my point to to confuse those those numbers uh translating from the county to to our documents no, no worries. I'm glad. I'm glad it's here now. Um, so, I mean, that's my recommendation. Anyone have another recommendation? <clears throat> no, this is Dave. I just think we need to be really cautious because Sausalito is notorious for its cost to reconstruct and the perils of the building department and 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 permitting. And so, I just Again, I'm not for or against. I'm just bearing witness to the challenges to to good um, sort of intentioned people who are trying to improve a property that was built in a not so rigorous permitting environment and then are faced with extraordinary challenges, costs, and procedures and processes that may or may not really limit the motivation to do anything by the book. So it's, it's a cautionary tale. I mean, we can certainly see the benefits of these particular, in, the intention behind these particular types of requirements, which are very positive. But if the limitation is these become so sort of torturous to a well-intended um, homeowner. I just I just want to bear that bear witness to that. Well, without a provision like this, um, then we'd be faced with all the existing greenhouse gas emission sites, you know, existing in perpetuity until they they got to uh, recommendation three at end of life and needing replacement. So that's just a, a study that, that hopefully will take place uh, uh, as an electrification plan, you know, countywide, uh, so that we do have some ability to uh, require electrification when building systems are at the end of life. I mean, I disagree. I don't think that's what I'm saying, certainly. What I'm saying is that we simply modify sentence one in, in, in number two to say that we want to do this. We have both our recommendations that, I mean, people can go on the website right now and learn about a lot of this stuff, but bringing it, we want to say that we wanna, we wanna move forward with this checklist, but we need to know who, who the heck's gonna do it and we need to agree, you know, when are we going to do it? Are we going to formalize the process within the, the um, 
permitting process to say, you know, here's, here's what you need to do. And, you know, what, what is that minimum where you're required to do it versus just advise? I just think that it's prudent to have a conversation about it. I'm not suggesting we just say no and not push harder for it. I think it needs to be done, but I just, you know, I, I'm, I'm just concerned about, about, you know, I agree with Lauren. I, I don't think this is a condition of a, of a, you know, a, a yes or a no. I think it's just moderated around, you know, where the triggers are and being mindful that triggers have repercussions and for good or bad. And we're in a, we're in a community where there is a lot of antiquated and, you know, potentially end of life was a while ago type of properties and you know, the costs are, are extraordinary to do anything in these communities and the permitting rigors are, 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 are quite a journey. And the idea is to motivate and, and create opportunities for, for compliance. And the, you know, the, the, the negative is that it, it, it becomes a, a negative versus a positive. And so, you know, how do you create an opt-in versus an opt-out? And I think I, I think I agree with Lauren that you know what are those those gating options where it's mandatory versus voluntary. Well, why don't why don't I revise this to put at some you know undetermined as yet undetermined threshold for the for the cities to decide rather than actually putting in a number. Uh, I, I I'm I'd be glad to do that. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Mark. I just having been in, in <laughs> having anyhow, yeah, I think this is advisable. I mean, we definitely want participation. We don't want right. sure. Yeah. No, this this is great feedback. I'm glad we're having this discussion. Yeah, and and you know, in our previous conversations, we'd always talked about, you know, we really want the city to know that we are, you know, we're advising them with them in mind and we want to be practical here. Um, but we also want to challenge them. And I think when we look at number one and what that's going to give us in, in terms of all of these new units that, are, that we're going to make, we're going to get a lot of education about, you know, electrifying stuff. We're going to learn, we as a community, we as a city, um, the, the permitters, everyone is going to learn along the way. Um, and, and, and it's just that middle bucket, um, I think, shows a nice collaboration rather than us, you know, coming in and, and um, coming in with something that's a little hard to bite off and, and maybe creating ill will. So thank you, Mark, for offering to do that. Um, I think that um, what we need to find out from Alyssa when, when the extension is extended to, but I think maybe what our move here is to say provided, you know, we make that that one amendment. Um, does everyone agree? Can we move to say the commission as a whole has talked this through and we agree that uh, we're comfortable with this grand jury response, understand that uh, this grand jury response will be, res will be presented uh, potentially to the county after Melissa speaks it over with the city, but that this is our voice here. We, we're comfortable with moving to present this to Melissa as our final agreed voice, provided the 
change goes in effect. Did you want a motion, Lauren? I'll move to suggest that, yes. Uh, second. Okay. Ali, can you take us through a vote? Um, yes. Andrew. Yay. Kimmery. Yes. David. Uh, you're muted. Yes. Uh, Greg. Yes. Mark. Yes, and I will make that amendment. And Lauren. Hi, and thank you everyone for a great discussion. Now, part two of the Energy Commission, <laughs> the Energy Subcommittee presentation. Okay. Schedule. We're still on schedule. This is the original plan to start this section at seven thirty. So we're good. <laughs> so, um, just to recap a little bit, uh, the the gas power landscape equipment ordinance was passed in July, and it passed its second reading uh, at their last meeting in in uh, on August thirtieth. Uh, and I had the same uh, questions about public outreach and enforcement that were asked earlier. I do think we need uh, an update from the city on how these uh, operations or implementation is gonna take place, uh, given the fact that uh, it, it has the uh, date of, of, of implementation of being, I believe, September 29th, for some reason, or at least the end of September. Uh, and then move it, moving along, um, uh, we are looking for commission approval of the grand jury response, which we just took care of. And then uh, the second one would be the electrification recommendations to align with the Marin model green building uh, code requirements and, and reach code. Um, so we've, we've talked through the issues. And again, in uh, uh, the alignment, I'll make the same changes that we discussed in the grand jury report to change that from a 750 square foot threshold to uh, just call it a substantial renovation uh, at, a, at a yet to be determined uh, th threshold. Um, so I don't have anything more to add about that right now, unless you will actually want to uh, well, you've seen the documents that were circulated earlier. And again, I'll make, make that one uh, substantive change on, on the threshold. So, Mark, were we going to talk about tier one, Cal one, tier <laughs> one, and, and if we're going to move to get that on council agenda and get a staff report going and all that process? Uh, yes. Um, so, I guess I do have a little bit more here. Um, we, we would expect staff to draft a uh, building code and ordinance and, and they should be doing that to, to adopt the, all the new building codes, uh, you know, that, that come into effect every three years. Um, and, and along with that aligning uh, with the uh, Marin County proposed model reach code plus Cal Green tier one. Uh, in terms of the timeline, uh, the county has suggested that the first reading be in September, uh, second in October, 
uh, to leave time for filing with the Building Standards Commission and the California Energy Commission in November, December, uh, before the new codes go effect, into effect uh, January 1st. Um, it, it, uh, as I understand from other jurisdictions, uh, a lot of them are holding off their first reading until October. So I don't think the uh, September uh, first reading is absolutely necessary, but the earlier we get a start on it, uh, the better. Uh, to look at the uh, tracking chart, I did update this, um, noting that we particip have participated in the county technical working group to advise the county on, on the REACH code. And I then repeated the timeline here uh, so that it would go into our uh, track, tracking uh, document. Mark, are you, are you sharing? Are you? We're still seeing the 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 other thing that you were sharing before the staff report response. Are you sharing something else? Uh, yes. Yeah, sorry. Um, I think I better get out of sharing and try to try to again. Oh. Hold on. How's that? Yeah, great. So, okay. so okay. Actually, so we, we slide before that. Okay, so so do we already? I'm confused on what is on council agenda and already in motion with staff reports. Do we? Do we need to be? I know you presented Cal One Tier, Cal Green Tier One. To here, you have that great presentation that has the outstanding business case, in my opinion, that says uh, everyone else has it and we don't. Um, but I don't, is it, so is that already on the docket to go to council and be discussed? And is that happening or do we need to action anything here to, to make that happen? You've, well, I, I, think, I think we'll have to take some action somehow to get it on, on city council's agenda. I, uh, the only discussion of, a, of city council agendas I've heard, it was through Kenneth and the building department uh, for August 30th to, to, to as we found out, uh, have, have the grand jury report. So I have not uh, heard anything from anybody about whether it's on the agenda for upcoming meetings. I know there's only two meetings in September um, at city council. so. Uh, I, I, I'm again disappointed that Melissa couldn't join us again. Uh, well, we have a meeting that I, I proposed to debrief with her for next week so that we could specifically, whatever we vote on and take action on, so we've already now got one, that we are meeting with her next week in our debrief and we will say, and now this is what we need. So, so we want to move quickly as if she was here. Um, and, and so what's concerning me is that we're not going to have another commission meeting here to talk about Cal Green tier one to vote on that. It sounds like we all, you know, it's been quite a while since the Cal Green tier one. Um, I don't, I think probably half the people on the line here haven't even seen it. So, I mean, I think that was the purpose of tonight was to 
refresh on that and make sure we have a clear decision here that we really want to have that staff report include that as a recommendation. I believe at our last meeting in July, uh, we did approve uh, moving ahead with, with the REACH code and, and including Calgreen Tier 1 after, after okay. my presentation. Okay. So I'm, I'm happy to do that again, but I think no, we've already no, done if it. We, if we did it, it's, it's, it's completely possible that I'm just forgetting. I'm, I'm remembering that presentation from the first time probably that you did it and not, and, and so yeah, if, if we've already made that determination, then we will just ask Melissa in our debrief to make sure that this, you know, input into the reach code is heard by her and whether she needs a presentation on it or not, um, or should just, you know, voice that opinion as our consensus, that makes sense. Um, I believe I've only presented that once and that was uh, two months ago, so. Okay, you know, so then I'm, yeah. I'm losing my mind, which is very and, and I and, and I, having put together the minutes, I'm pretty sure that we did approve that. Okay, all right. Um, hey, Mark, will you um, go down to the next slide, the status, and let's just make sure that's covered in there somewhere that it was already approved. And you can do it later. It doesn't have to be right now. I'm just, I'm just making that comment. Yes. Um, yeah, under steps complete. Yeah. It, it does show that the commission. Yeah, there recommends. it is. Yep. Okay. Good. Okay. I just want to make sure it was Fine. in there so we can refer to it. And, and Fine. The, all right. Fine. I think I'm, uh, yeah, just uh, remembering things wrong. Um, yeah. And it's been, uh, it's been what over a week since I looked at the minutes, so not surprising. Too long between minute reviews. Okay, fine. We have what we need. We'll move forward. We've already agreed. We'll move forward with um, asking Melissa to get make sure that that ask is in there. Ali, do you know? Or are you drafting the staff report? Do, who's doing that piece? Is the staff report for which item? For the reach code, building code. No, it wouldn't be me. Um, could be that would be Kenneth. Kenneth, do you yeah. Know if it, is it in motion? Do you know if there's an agenda upcoming on it? Do we have a date? Uh, I can ask Kenneth tomorrow. I don't. I don't know. Okay. Well, well should um, I should I ask him? Is that? Yeah, I would. I would say it'd be good to know if if the staff report that we hear is in the works is actually in the works. If it's including um, our recommendations for Calgary and Tier One. Um, and then separately, we can let Melissa know. Okay. Okay. Um, and I will again revise our, our recommendations based on our grand jury previous discussion. Yeah, so we have those two points. So what, what I'll share with Melissa is coming out of this is, is just those two, those two points for, it's actually three three points with the, um, with the doc phone. And of course they'll be in the minutes as well. Um, hopefully we can get those, the video Ali um, as soon as possible over to Mark so we can get those minutes out. Okay, all right. Any other questions for Mark or Greg on energy, on this energy topic and discussion? I just wanna 
put a big, big, big thank you out to Mark for leading us through this as he has. It's been a lot of work. Thank you, Mark. Sure. Uh, I, want, I did want to make one other point. Uh, in, in reading the Marin County model code, you know, they have everything that we've talked about so far, but there's a third point in there about EV charging infrastructure. And I just asked Brian at, at the county this afternoon how that varies from the EV requirements in Calgary in tier one. And he said they're basically identical so that we don't need a separate ordinance for EV charging infrastructure that the county is proposing unless we do not adopt Cal Green Tier 1. Uh, does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, more of an argument for efficiency and Cal Green Tier 1. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And one other point, when, when Greg and I did talk with uh, Kenneth, uh, you know, he's he's basically has been a one man building department for a number of months, and he indicated that the firm that employs our contract planning director is going to be also supplying uh, plan checkers, um, uh, inspectors, uh, counter intake people, uh, so that hopefully Kenneth can spend more of his time on uh, updating the codes and doing the things that the building officials should be, should be taking care of. And hopefully we'll have more staff support um, on board with the city to, to help with, with these uh, types of projects. That's great news. Okay. Um, all right, so that covers up business item. Mark, you can go ahead and stop sharing. And we'll move on to our final agenda item, which is future agenda items. Um, I have one, I'll start. Um, so it's, as you know, I took over as chair from King sort of mid cycle um, when she uh, had to go out on, on maternity. Um, and then um, subsequently by the end of the year, we'll have served, you know, that's that remaining year for her and, and my own year. And so I think it's only, uh, you know, right that we then pass the torch on to, to the next chair. Um, I don't know if there's an official, you know, uh, process or an official timeline, but I'm just going off of really what the council does and using the date of year end as a potential transition. So. Um, I also think that much like the, the council does, um, that, that my assumption would be that that, that position would, would be offered to the, base, the vice chair uh, for, for, you know, for accept or, or pass. And then, you know, I'd be interested between now and then to hear from the city um, or Melissa or whoever knows, you know, what the appropriate, um, how, how to invite everyone else to think about, you know, being vice chair and if there's, if there's a process there, um, because we should make it uh, uh, a fair and, and equitable process to, to um, move to vice chair. So I'll just say, you know, um, you know, chair, vice chair vote or whatever, I think should be a future agenda item. Anyone else have future agenda items? 
include secretary in there? Yes, we really, <laughs> thank you. Good point because secretary is like tossed around and yeah, yeah. So we need to decide secretary as well. Thank you. We'll put it all, we'll just sort of rolls. It's end of year, let's, let's, let's switch up the roles and keep it moving and give everyone a chance to do everything. Okay. Anyone else future agenda items? I just I just wanted to remind everybody that on the 17th um, we'll have that e-waste event. I'm sorry that so, wasn't in my outreach update. Of yeah, no, no, that's fine. That's no problem. So it'll be on the 17th down there. At the, it's going to actually be at 20 Liberty Ship parking lot. We're going to get plenty of signage out. And um, I, what's that, Kim? 28 Liberty Ship. So. Um, it will have signage, so you just go down below 7-Eleven, and there'll be signage to where the where the where the place is because it, you have to sign the paperwork for, you know, the for the usage, and that was in yeah. our Bay Model contact wasn't available. So yeah, I'm so sorry, I forgot that. What do you need from us? Do you need people there helping you? Do, do no, it, no, it should be fine. Yeah, no, it should be fine. North Bay Corp. I probably actually won't be there because I had something scheduled and it was the only date I could get with um, the North Bay Corp. So the um, Conservation Corps. So um, it will have, we'll be fine. We'll, we'll go, they have their crew there. They do a good job. We just there for support and take kind of miscellaneous stuff that they have. Okay. And uh, we'll probably have some kitchen pails and some flyers and stuff like that in case anybody has any questions. So you'll have the, the hand, the, the compost handouts like we did last time? Yes, yes. Okay, and they'll take care of that though. So, okay. Well, yeah, and our, our, our guy will be there. Okay, okay. Well, I know I'll be dropping by for sure to say hi and see how it's going. So, um, yeah, welcome okay. anyone else down. Cool. That'll be uh, great. Is uh, Green Business Program still on the uh, future agenda items list? That's uh, we covered that in the outreach update. That is already uh, adopted within the outreach committee, and so that's the um, the the new line on the outreach update has has that, which is that's what Kim Marie was talking about with the Heath um, opportunity. And we, as a commission or a subcommittee, need to meet first to decide. Okay, what are we thinking about? Are we just doing? the Marin County green business thing, are we adding in our own criteria? Are we gonna brand it something else? What What is the what we're looking at? And then we will bring it back. Great, thank you for the reminder. Anyone else, future agenda items? All right, as always, you know, don't be shy. Reach out if you need um, to, to raise your hand about an agenda item. Um, be sure to meet with your subcommittee teams to keep things rolling now that we are only every other month. I know it's easier said than done with all of our crazy schedules. Um, our next uh, meeting will be on November 10th. Um, we're imagine it'll be a lot cooler than it is tonight. And uh, until then, great to see you all. Thank you. Great. Adjourned at 753. Thank you. <laughs> nice job, Laura. Okay. Bye. 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 Bye.